This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15, 10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam back! Get them ready for the NBA Duncan Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM, ABBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson. I like your sweater today, Mr. Steve Sell. Why? It kind of reminds me of Scooby-Doo. Well, that's not good. Well, it's a good thing. I like Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. Because it's sort of a, a darker, yellowish brown. I think Scooby-Doo's, he's got similar spots. I wouldn't know. As yours does. I don't. I'll have to find a picture of Ruby-Roo well, here in a little bit. Do you know a lot about Scooby-Doo? No. Do you know who he is? He's some cartoon character. <laughs> Scooby, you've never heard of the show. Scooby Doo was after I was a little when I was a kid. My cartoons were like Popeye the Sailor Man. So you don't mess around with Scooby no, and Shaggy, no. Fred, no Daphne. I had the Flintstones, and Velma, no. none of them. No. Well, Steve, did you enjoy Super Bowl Fifty Three last night? Z z z z z z z z z. That's all I said. Man, it was painful. It was, it was like a trip to the dentist. Well, I'm sure you like those a little bit more with your dad well, being the dentist. No, because my dad just ripped into me like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> he said I was so the, it was a lot like that? He, he said I was the worst patient he ever had. I'm not surprised about that. Oh, yeah. Do you remember any exciting plays from last night? Any exciting plays? Yeah, do you remember an exciting play? Not hardly. There were hardly any. Maybe the most exciting play of the game was Brady's interception on the opening drive. Yeah. Was there anything that you could think of that was more exciting than that? The no, touchdown it, came from the one or the two. I guess the throw to Gronkowski just because I thought we might never see it again. It was, what, 25, 30-yard pass? Yeah. Something like that. But even that, he fell short and flung around and didn't yeah. make it to the end zone. Yeah. I read a story that said that that play is called Haas the Boss. Okay. And get Gronk the ball. Also read a story that said that somebody stole his underwear out of his locker later on in the night. Well, probably, Remember how somebody stole Brady's jersey that two pro- years that ago? That probably didn't matter to Gronk. No. He said he was, well, I won't use the word that he was he was saying about his commando-ness. Okay. As we look back at last night's game, my first thought was, what on earth happened to Todd Gurley for the Rams? He went from maybe the MVP of the league. Right. What to, did he finish in the voting? I know Mahomes. Got I don't know first. where he finished. He had to be in the top three or four. Well, he had 21 touchdowns to the first 14 games. Right. And last night, 10 carries, 35 yards, and a whole lot of nothing. Now, my source, 
that uh, at the game I was at yesterday watching, they said he's all worried that, he, that he's got a, he may have a career-ending neck injury. Now, just take that for what it's worth. But his, his neck's, he's, he's got an injured neck. He's worried that one more hit and he's done. And he's just, you know, but he keeps saying, I'm all right. You know, now he had a bad knee. You know, he had a bad knee, too, at some point. Yeah. But you look at the guy, and, it, and it, you look at him, and you look in his eyes, and it's just like, there's nobody home. Right. I mean, it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't even act like he wants to be there. I mean, he, he just, he looks disinterested. And, you know, normally, when a player is not getting in the game, he's in the coach's face and arguing and, you know, get me in the game. Why aren't I not in the game? He just stands stands there, and C.J. Anderson has to go over and talk to him and say, hey, you'll get your chance, you'll get your chance. He just, he's like a zombie. He's a robot. And I know that the Patriots' defense was good last night, but do you remember a good pass that Jared Goff threw? He had one pass he stepped into for about 17 yards. I think, I want to say it was to Brooks. Is that his, no, Woods, Robert Woods. Okay. And that was the only throw he really stepped into. It seemed like he was... Falling back on a lot of his throws. It looked like the ball wasn't coming out of his hand yeah, he well. Yeah, he had some flutter balls. Then his horrible interception. Oh, that was terrible. And we'll give credit to the Patriots' defense for having a really good game plan. But I thought it was pretty bad offense, too, by both teams. Well, Brady was terrible. I thought, you know, he wasn't very good. I didn't think and, he and was I felt, anything spectacular. You know, right out of the shoot, New England really ran the ball well. You know, they start off that first drive. You know, they got, you know, down the field. And then they got away from that, and they started throwing. Then when they went back to the run, they'd lost their rhythm. So it was basically two really – I mean, I, I compared it to a NFL game in preseason in week four. That's about how the level of play was. And that's when the starters aren't even on the field. They're on the sidelines with their baseball caps on. It was just a painful game to watch. Oh, it was terrible. And I was thinking back in my mind of other Super Bowls and how this can compare to – some of those other games, and some people were going, oh, remember that Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl from, well, I've seen, I think, Super Bowl 48? I've seen all 53, and it reminded me of Miami and Washington, the Garo Yaprimian game, where he you know, he tried to throw the pass, and he got picked off by Washington. That was the only Washington score. He's a little tiny place kicker, ball-headed guy, about 5'6", tried to throw a pass, you know, they – and, and he flutters it around, and Mike Bass picks it off for the Redskins and goes in. But Miami only scored 14. So, I mean, that's the, it reminded me of that game. It was just horrible football. At least with the Broncos and Seahawks, the game was pretty much over from the very beginning, and that the Seahawks were making great plays on defense, and the Broncos were just utterly failing, which I guess made me a little bit more happy. The other game I could maybe think of, the Raiders and the Bucks from like 2003. That game was pretty. Was that the 48-21 game? It was real ugly. Yeah, there were, the Raiders were terrible the, in the but game. But the Super Bowls here lately have been really. good. They've all been really good. Yeah. Last year the Eagles and the Patriots was a great game. Right. The year before that was the 38 or the 28 to 10 or whatever the score was where the Patriots were able to come back or 28 to three. That was the, the score. Atlanta game. Yeah. Then you look back at the. Broncos and the Panthers, that Super Bowl wasn't real exciting. No. Then you go back to the Patriots and the Seahawks with the Marshawn Lynch, coulda, woulda, shoulda game down at the one-yard line. A lot of these Super Bowls have been really good, and maybe we've just taken that for granted. But last night, there wasn't even a moment in the game 
where I was excited. Yeah. There wasn't anything. They, they, you know, they, their ineptitude just bored us to, to almost, I almost took a nap. I really did. If it wouldn't been for the key lime cheesecake, I might have taken a nap. One thing I did want to comment on before we talk about the Patriots and their dynasty and, and how impressive this is, one thing that I've seen a few people talking about is Julian Edelman winning Super Bowl MVP. Right. Now, the MLB has a rule with its league that if you are suspended for a performance-enhancing drug during the season, you are ineligible for the postseason. Okay. Julian Edelman, at the beginning of this season... Didn't play the first four. ...was suspended for four games for PEDs. Yeah, boy, did he look cut. Now, I don't have a problem with Julian Edelman winning this award because there is no rule. It's not like the NFL normally has this rule and then Edelman still won. He did the crime and served the time. He, He served whatever he needed to do, but it just continues with the NFL that they have these weird rules and weird times where people that get in trouble find ways to come back and make very big impacts. The last time that the Patriots won the Super Bowl, the MVP was Tom Brady earlier that year. Well, he missed Bra- four games of the suspension. If Tom Brady would have got MVP of that game, you might as well do away with the award. He wasn't good. I thought Stephen Gilmore had a chance. Stefan. Stefan. Is that like Xavier and Xavier? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Stefan had an interception. He also had a couple key uh, breakups on passes. And I just felt like a defensive guy should have got the award because there was no offense in that game. Now, Edelman was easily the best player on the field, don't get me wrong, because he turned Marcus Peters inside out about three or four times, which made me laugh. I thought Peters actually played a pretty good he, game. He was, great against, he was great against the long ball, but the ones where Edelman – Edelman was just spinning like a top there. He'd go out about 10 yards and then spin like a top and, and lose his defender. I mean, they could have thrown him – 20 times, and they never stopped him because he was open all night long. Let's give some credit, though, to the New England Patriots. Not only for this win, but it is pretty hard to believe that a team could win six Super Bowls and play in, what, nine, Nine, ten? Six out of nine. Over the last 18 years. Right. And I was listening to Nick Wright talk about this on their First Things First show on FS1 in the morning, that the NFL is set up and structured for this to not happen. Exactly. Where the Patriots get almost every year the worst pick in the draft. Right. They've had the same quarterback this entire time. They have to play the toughest schedule with the most travel and, they, and the and most primetime games. And they lose a lot of guys to free agency. Right. And that this team somehow continues to win and win and win at a high rate of success. Name name five, name the offensive line for the Patriots. You probably can't even – you could name maybe one guy, Trent Brown. The center, his name is Nichols or something just, like that. If it takes you that long to figure out who's on their offensive line, that tells you they just plug guys in. They don't – you know, they're not first-round, you know, superstars out of college. Andrews, I think, is that guy's name. Well, could be. I don't know. But anyway, you know, like you say, they don't get a high pick. They don't sign the big, splashy free agents. You don't see them – you know, they don't make really hardly any trades. And they get everybody to take pay cuts yeah. to be there. Yeah, It's called the Patriots way. And it's pretty unbelievable what they've been able to do. And Tom Brady, is it crazy to think that he could win two more Super Bowls? Oh, he's going to keep... He's is make, it crazy to think that they could no. win three more? As long as he's the quarterback, they could... You know, as long as Belichick's there. Belichick had a great 
defensive game plan last night. Juan Flores, the defensive coordinator right. who will go on to be the coach of the Dolphins. Right. Do you give more credit to the Belichick Patriot way, or do you give more credit to Tom Brady? Because I'm Belichick. I'm I'm of the belief that if Drew Bledsoe had remained the quarterback for a while, then whoever would have been next in line for the Patriots, that it could have been similar. Right. It I might not have been exactly what it has turned out to be, but I think that they could have won and you look three at, or four Super Bowls. And you look at their like their receivers, Julian Edelman. Does he Chris stri- Hogan? Do they strike fear in you? I mean, are they like Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey? Now Gronkowski's a poor man's Kelsey now, but he he did you know he summed up one last burst to make one big catch, and he also just blocked his you know he he was blocking like crazy out there. He, they'd show those in those plays where they ran his way, and he made some really big blocks. Now he may not get out of bed for two days because his body's going to hurt so bad, but he did sum it up for you know one big game to finish probably finish his career. What'd you think of the commercials? I thought they were weak. I thought a lot of them were weak. I didn't, what did you think of the halftime performance? I just kind of gave it a cursory glance because I was kind of stuffing my face at the time. Okay. Now, I was told Maroon 5 was really good. I, I know people want to complain, but I thought Maroon 5 was good. I didn't think it was anything crazy exciting, yeah. but I thought it was good. Yeah. Your guy, Big Boy. Big Boy. He came in with the coat, and Steve texted me and said, Big, bo- Big Boy, he's the got no game. That's a bad look. What'd you think of Travis Scott? I didn't think too much of him. I couldn't understand anything he said, so it didn't matter. <laughs> that's his that's his big song. Sicko mode. Okay. I'm sure the pistol knows that one. Oh yeah. Okay. So you were not impressed? I just didn't pay it that we were kind of talking about other things at that point. Interesting. Yeah. Stimulating conversation. It always makes me mad when it comes to the Super Bowl that people go, well, why would we ever play Maroon 5? I'm like, they're extremely popular. That's well, why you, you know, would play them. You know what my feeling was. Play Leonard Skinner. You could have had Freebird, Sweet Home Alabama, Tuesday's Gone, Give Me Three Steps. Oh, that'd been classic. Well, the thing with the Super Bowl halftime show is I have friends that are all over the spectrum in terms of what kind of music they listen to. And... There are people that just get so upset. They go, why are we not playing this guy? I mean, he's so talented. I, I'm sorry. If people get upset about the halftime no, show. No, they get really upset, Steve. They, they need to get a life. Then. Really upset. They really need to get a life. Now, the over-under on the national anthem. We watched that very closely. Oh, yeah. Because we were saying that Jerry Kinnaman probably wouldn't have been very happy. Because, you know, Jerry. It was a little long. It was a little long. He likes it straight up. Well, I think I saw the line was one minute and fifty three seconds. Yeah, I thought it was one, and it hit it pretty much right on. I the thought nose. it was one forty seven. She held on to the last note to the end that might have pushed it over the edge. It might have been good for some people out I in the I think she needed the pips though. The pips would could have Gladys. Done, they could have had a little crooning in the background. All right, Steve. Super Bowl fifty three. It's come and gone. The NFL season is come and gone. Just put it this way, we won't be talking about this Super Bowl for very long. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Not not even much longer today. No. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will take a look back at Friday night when the Bullpups picked up a couple of nice wins on the road at Andale. Back after this break, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. So you were... Fairly impressive Maroon 5. This is Maroon 5 that was playing I, before yeah. I turned the mic. Yeah, on. that was the one song I'd kind of heard of, I think. It's a good one. That and the, another one where he goes all falsetto. It's like they said. Sugar, it was like their most yeah, po- like, like his most popular song or something. He can do a little falsetto. He does as do you falsetto. Would say. Steve, we had to do a little falsetto ourselves with a lot of screaming on Friday night in the boys' game as McPherson went down to Andale, picked up a couple of wins. Those were two tough wins on the road at a tough place to play, very physical, and we joked around with Coach Kinnaman and saying that a lot of times he likes to use the word soft as a negative word for his teams. Right. Where if he doesn't like the way they're playing, he'll say they were soft. Yeah. There was nothing soft about the boys' game on Friday night at Andale because it was two boulders being rammed against each other over and over and over and over again. It's just like watching those two rams when they put their horn, lock those horns in. I don't know if everybody has been able to follow up with everything that happened on Friday night, but it was a big-time atmosphere, and one of the stats that I was able to find and and read online, too, was that Andel's lost two home games over the last two years, and they both came to McPherson in games where they very easily could have won. Oh, yeah. And... Andale is a team, as we look at their schedule the rest of the way, they have a chance to win out. Oh, they will. They have a chance to be a very high seed going into the state tournament and a chance to maybe give a Bishop Miege a run in a, in a state championship game, play a team like Kansas City Piper, who's one of the best teams on that side of the state as well. But the Bullpups needed a win to help define their season, to give them a boost in terms of confidence, be a resume builder. And they got it on Friday night well, because that was an impressive, impressive yeah, and, win. and remember, they were down seven early in that game. They were down seven. Uh, made a little run there before the half. They were down three at the half. Came out strong. Uh, had a five-point flip in the third quarter and just absolutely hung on to that lead for dear life in the fourth quarter. And uh, it, was just, it was basically um, a game exactly like last year's. There were a few more points scored, not many, but 42-41. Uh, like you said, the atmosphere was great. That's the best atmosphere uh, we've played in all year, home or away, I think, because it was loud in there. We could barely hear ourselves. And Andale is a very good defensive team. I really believe they'll be in the state finals against Miege, provided they're on opposite sides of the bracket, which at this point they could because 4A is soft this year, <laughs> to use Coach Kinneman's word. 4A is really down this year. So I think Miege and Andale – have a very good chance of being the two best teams in 4A. But, you know, that was just a test. That was kind of a manhood check. Yeah. And and the bull pups, bull pup, the right, bull right, pups, right. yeah, the bull pups really stepped up their game, especially on the defensive end. Nobody backed down. I mean, uh, I thought all the guys that played really, you know, they brought it. It was, a, like you said, it, it was a man's game. We like to say that yeah. on the air. Yeah. But now as we look ahead, well, girls game, they were able to cruise fairly easily. and Which was a little bit of a surprise. I, I mean, thought they would be pushed a little more. Yeah, that was a running clock game. Um, Andale's best player got in foul trouble early. 
The Bullpups' athleticism was on full display. Uh, defensively, they were just outstanding. You look at the last two games on defense for this Bullpup team, uh, they allowed think, 17 against Collegiate. 17 and 24. And if they play with the intensity they played those last two games, El Dorado will be lucky to get to 20. And plus, the thing that made the girls' game so successful is that they were making threes. Right. Where a few times this year they've been able to win games of the same defensive effort, but they just haven't been able to knock down shots. Well, they and, made nine threes the other night. And they had great balance. This is the kind of balance that you know typifies their team. There was like 12, 10, 9, 9, 8. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the top five scores, so they basically averaged about ten a game. So you basically got about fifty points from five players. Then you got some bench points, got some inside points. Andale didn't have a lot of size. Very similar to the bull. When the bullpups play teams, their size, you know, let's say with a five nine, five ten post and not a six one, six two, I like their chances every time because their perimeter players are just off the charts. Well, Steve, now as we begin to creep into this back quadrant of the season. The Bullpups will have two more road games this week where they will be at El Dorado on Tuesday, tomorrow. And then on Friday, they will be on the road at Winfield, which is, of course, a long trip, but the Winfield boys have not been playing well. Yeah. The Winfield girls have been better. I think, like they're you not, said, I think they're 9-4. They're 9-5, and five, but you look at their wins, and they don't have really what you'd call wins that jump out. Well, and the Bullpups beat them 77-18 to 18 earlier this year. Right. So... El Dorado, it's a similar story for those two teams where McPherson, I believe, won by running clock in both games over El Dorado earlier this year. Exactly. You look at these two games this week, then you get into next week, which is going to be a real test with Bueller coming to town on Tuesday night. Then you turn around and go play at Circle, which could be a tough game for both teams. Then after that, after playing on a Friday night, you get back, go to sleep, wake up on Saturday morning, and drive to Lawrence. Right. Because then both teams will be playing Baldwin on the girls' side. Late night And then the boys too. playing against Free State. Isn't it like 7 and 8.30? I believe it's 7 and 8.30. So this week is a week where I think both coaches will tell you they really want to get out without having to play too many minutes, right. get everybody rested up, right. hoping that these games get into a running clock and can hold on and really relax this week because next week is going to be the week that really determines – where these teams will be seated. Right. Because if neither team slips up and they're able to have great weeks, then they, they might be looking at being at home for several games in the postseason, in right. sub-state. Right. If you happen to slip up somewhere, and for the boys especially, those three games next week, a Bueller team that they had to barely beat on the road, then a circle team that has a big scoring threat that could be scary, and then play Free State – there are three potential losses right there. Yeah, and then three you're potential looking, wins too. And then you're looking at just one more game after that. Right, and then Augusta will follow that up. So this week is the important week to get everybody regrouped, get everybody refreshed, pick up four wins potentially on the road here, and get a little confidence going. And then that next week is going to be well, a real challenge. Well, I tell you, February goes fast. It really does. It just flies. To me, February flies by, and January is the month. That never ends. It just seems like January is an exhausting month. And then February, it's just bam, bam, bam. You're playing. There's no off nights in there. You're getting after it. And then next thing you know, it's substate time. I don't even think I've slept in the month of February. It's February 4th. I don't remember 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. Really? Here we are on the 4th. Okay. I think I've just blacked out the last three days. I don't remember anything. 
Interesting. We're moving along quickly. Well, I slept Trying well. to feed into your point here, Steve. Yeah, but I slept well. I'm happy for you. For those of you that don't know, Steve has been walking around the office for about the last month and a half, just every day going, oh, I'm just so exhausted. Oh, I am. I, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I'm telling you. I keep you, saying, hey, go take a nap. Oh, I'm just exhausted. Those back-to-back tournament weeks for a 62-year-old man, that's a little it's tough. Are you 62? I will about be. About to be? I'm just about to be. Well, we got to give you credit. You're still a, a young I'm 61. alive. You're still a young 61. And I'm still playing the blue tees. That's true. Yeah. he was, He's not stepping up to the white. No, Who's he think he is? Heck no. All right, Steve, one more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, I will give you some credit, number one, for predicting the correct Super Bowl winner. The New England Patriots. I predicted 38 to 28 Rams, so yeah. I look stupid. Yeah. But then you also predicted 31-27. Well, you predicted that KU would beat Texas Tech this weekend. I did. And I don't think you knew that Marcus Garrett would be injured for I this didn't. game either. I didn't. So you still had faith in the Jayhawks. They won over Texas Tech with ease. Kansas State went on the road to Oklahoma State. I think you felt pretty good about the Wildcats I there, did. and they dominated. The and Cowboys. I didn't even see the rest of the Big 12 scores. I, I didn't even West know. Virginia beat OU 79-71. Iowa State beat Texas 65-60. to And Baylor rolled TCU 90-64. Wow. Baylor's coming. So, as we look ahead to Tuesday, Steve, does your prediction of K-State will win in the Octagon of Doom over KU still hold true in your mind? Yes, it does. You still believe that KU will not win. Because when they play a game like they did on Saturday, they generally followed up with a clunker. I think I've got faith that KU will go on this, the road and win. This is the biggest game in K-State in, I can't even tell you, I mean, regular season game. This is probably the biggest regular season game they've had in about 15 years. Because they win this game, they put KU two back in the loss column, I believe. Right. And well, currently, KU is a half game back, so they would put him a game and a half back. Right, game and a half back. And then Baylor. Baylor is tied with K-State. Which is shocking. And then K-State will play Baylor next. Okay. Well, this is a big week for K-State then. But I I have faith that I just think it, I just think KU is so shaky on the road, I think the K-State fans will will that team to victory. Something like 68-62. 68-62. Okay, how many points would you predict for Dean Wade? 20. Ooh, a 20-point 20 dropper. 25 for Barry Brown. Wow, Barry Brown. Man of renown. <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow as the Jayhawks and Wildcats will be going at it. Let's see, what time is that game and tomorrow? It's, really, it's 8 o'clock. And, you know, being a KU alum, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, pick K-State, but I like the way... K-State's playing. I just think they're really good defensively. And I just I just 
I don't have a lot of faith in this KU team. I really don't. I think it's more of that yeah. than it is that you really like this K-State team. I well, think that I, you just have zero faith in KU. Zilch. All right, Steve. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well,